going on guys? I thought I would do a video today and talk a little bit about this book that I've started reading, Working with Advanced Foreign Language Students by Boris, and I am horrible at pronouncing Russians' names, but I think it is Shechtman. Okay, Shechtman. So he was a teacher of Russian at the Foreign Service Institute. You guys might know of the FSI Language Institute in the US. They are renowned for getting diplomats and uh, people who work in the army and have to have to reach an incredibly high level in a foreign language. They're renowned for getting those people to a very, very high level. And so I was really interested in reading this book to find out what it was that he did with his students to really propel them to really, really high levels. So, there are a lot of things that I'm already wanting to talk about from this book. I really recommend that you get it if you're an advanced student and if you are interested in teaching languages as well as how advanced students learn, okay? So, it's a really, really good book. It's had me think about quite a few different things because I think that people who learn English are a different breed. They're a different kind of person from those who are English speakers already learning a foreign language for, say, pleasure, right? You are not the same. You're not the same as me. I'm not the same as you. And to be honest, I consider you guys, especially you guys who move to Australia, who learn English, who get a job here, who set up a life here, you guys are up here, right? I'm learning Portuguese and I, I was learning French for a long time and a few other languages. I'm down here because for me, learning languages is more of a luxury. It's not something that my life depends on, but for you guys, it is something that your life depends on in terms of at least success in this foreign country. So that's why I think that you guys are, you know, an inspiration. You're really impressive, especially those, those of you who work your ass off year after year, even after getting here, like a lot of my students, especially some of the ones that I give private lessons to, they've been learning English for 15 years and they're still pushing hard to improve their accent, their pronunciation, their use of the language, um, their mastery of the language, even if they're already at a really, really high level. And so, this is where I kind of have a little axe to grind with a lot of polyglots online and why I try to not not have them on a pedestal, right? I try to take them off the pedestal because a lot of people see them and think, wow, this guy speaks 20 languages and they think that's really impressive, you know, wow, he speaks 20 languages, but they forget that it's a mile wide and a metre deep, right? So, these guys, especially English natives who end up learning foreign languages when it is almost certainly the case that it's just enjoyment. It's because they're interested in learning, which, you know, respect. That's totally fine. That's, that's in fact, why I'm learning foreign languages. But it's different because they're not trying to, often at least, in, in the case of most uh, say, Western polyglots. They're not trying to start a life in that country. They're not immigrating to that foreign country, that language they're learning. They're not trying to reach a native-like level or even a very, very proficient-like level in those languages. Most often, I think a lot of polyglots kind of want the wow factor. They, they are inherently interested in languages and um, in learning languages, in foreign cultures, for sure. You know, I'm the same. But I think a lot of these people are much more interested in kind of like collecting languages and being able to have very rudimentary basic conversations but with a lot of people in a lot of different languages. They would prefer that kind of aspect over the aspect that I think a lot of you guys are going for, at least with English, when it comes to your a metre wide and a mile deep or a kilometre deep, if we're using the metric system in Australia. They're a kilometre wide and a metre deep, okay? So, you guys are two different species. That was one thing that I kind of, you know, came to the realisation of and had 
had to sort of decide when I was thinking, you know, oh, wouldn't it be great if I could learn Spanish and Italian and German and, and a whole bunch of these languages. But I realized pretty quickly the more that I pile on and that I try to do, the uh, shallower I'll get in any of those languages, right? Because we all have only 24 hours in a day. We can't use all of those 24 hours. We only have a single life. And so, if I want to get proficient in many languages, I'm not going to get as proficient as if I focus on fewer languages, okay? So, that was the kind of eureka moment, <laughs> let's say, that I came to a year or so ago. And that's why I guess I've knuckled down and really started trying to focus on uh, just Portuguese for now to really get to a high level in Portuguese. So, I guess the first point was there to knock polyglots off the pedestal, right? These guys aren't magicians. They're not language phenoms, usually. Obviously, there are some people who are exceptions and they're just freaks or they've been raised as uh, native speakers of very many languages and they have the capacity to use them. Man, I envy all of you guys over in Europe, you know, learning foreign languages because quite often you can just talk to so many different people of different languages all over the place all the time. But most of the time, I think you would be surprised if you actually found out their actual level in those foreign languages. So, anyway... Back to this book, you know, I've, I've had my little axe to grind on polyglots and why you shouldn't glorify them. You should be sort of, you know, thinking more about... I think you shouldn't be looking to polyglots as role models for you in terms of learning English. Unless you are just learning English for fun and it's not a serious thing and you're not trying to get to a very deep level in English um, or at least not in a very uh, quick amount of time, a short amount of time, don't look to polyglots as models, okay? I think the people that you want to look to quite often are the ones you're never going to meet because they're already successful in that country, right? They're the, they're the people who immigrate to Australia at the age of 18 have no language skills, spend five years, ten years trying to improve their language, they get a full-time job and they, they pave their way in that country. They have a job, a career, they work hard, they work tirelessly every single day to improve their, I guess, uh, absorption into the culture, right? Their integration into Australian culture and their use of the language. These are the real heroes when it comes to learning English, in my opinion. They're the ones who you should be modelling yourselves off if your ultimate goal is to come to Australia, to learn English, to integrate into our society, to live here permanently, to get a job here, to get a career here, because they are successful. They're the ones who've done it, right? Whereas polyglots are rarely ever going to have worked in the languages that they're actually using. You know, there are definitely some who do, but I would say the vast amount don't ever get to a capacity in those languages where they are actually functioning in that society, using that language, with a career using that language, you know, and trying to integrate into that society. So, if that's your goal in Australia, I think definitely reassess who you look up to in terms of learning English and um, the work ethic you have. I think the problem too is if you model yourself off people like polyglots, you're going to treat learning English differently than if you model yourself off people who are actually here for good. It's kind of like they've landed in Australia and they've cut off any exit, right? That It's kind of like all or nothing. So, the guys that you'll meet in Australia who are 100% serious about English, pretty much they don't move in with other people who speak their native language when they get here. They don't surround themselves with other native speakers of their foreign language. You know, they try and really dive in to Australian culture. They start reading Australian books. They start watching Australian news. They start going to Australian movies, being involved in Australian events and clubs and organizations. They get a job here where they're away from native speakers of their own language. You know, I remember when I was working at a Spanish restaurant, it was, it was funny because there are a lot of students there who were Spanish speakers, obviously, and they thought, you know, I'll get a 
a job in a Spanish restaurant because I'll be able to use Spanish and um, obviously the Spanish restaurant wants Spanish speakers there because it makes it look more Spanish but they ended up speaking Spanish most of the time any interactions that they would have with other people in the restaurant who were also Spanish were always in Spanish they would talk to the customers but it would tend to be the same small easy conversations all the time so again get a job away from those people And I think, too, just hold yourself to a higher standard. How deep do you want to go? A lot of people sell themselves short. They think, I'll never get there. I'll never get to a really high level. Whereas I think... I had a story when I used to do um, jiu-jitsu. It's been a few years now, but I remember someone telling me this saying. I can't remember if it was from someone else, if it was their saying, but they, they told me effectively, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right, right? So if you think you can do it, you can do it. If you don't think you can do it, you can't do it, right? So it's the attitude that you have. I think it was related to MMA fighting, right? The successful fighters go into a fight knowing they can do it. The unsuccessful ones go in there doubting themselves and thinking, oh, I can't do this. This guy's too good because they've already decided that, you know, they're going to lose, right? So you have to change this kind of mentality. When it comes to English learning, I think you need to go in thinking, I'm going to go all out. I'm going to, you know, like, I'm just going to dive in. I'm going to listen to podcasts, watch TV, meet people, have conversations, not be afraid to speak with people, build my confidence, go out. Like you almost have to force yourself to become a bit of an extrovert, right? Again, these are all my opinions, guys. There's no science behind this. It's just sort of my view. Um, But I think they're the people who ultimately end up the most successful and who reach the highest level in English that they can um, possibly achieve. They just keep going. They keep doing it. They work, 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 work. So, other things to mention about this book so far would be that the chapter that I was just reading was talking about the importance of finding your errors, right? Finding your weaknesses and focusing on them. I think he was stating that the the better people get, the easier they find it to avoid uh, interrogating their weaknesses and as a result, improving them, right? So you've got to see your English kind of like Swiss cheese, where there are lots of holes in the cheese, right? The holes in the cheese are the holes in your English, whether it's grammar, vocab, pronunciation. Those holes get smaller the more proficient you get in the language, but quite often they're still there, at least, you know, until you're effectively native level. However, people get better at going around these holes. They don't know a word for this, they know another way of explaining it. They can't pronounce the TH in English, people understand them so it's not the end of the world. So he was saying that really, really advanced learners, especially those trying to get to a very advanced level, are constantly doing the opposite of what some people do where they try and avoid their mistakes once they get to a proficient level, after they get past, you know, intermediate to advanced in that language. They do the opposite and they try and find those areas that they suck at or that they get wrong or that they're bad at. So something that I guess you guys should take away from this video that'll really help you improve your English will be don't turn your eye away from where your mistakes are, where your flaws are, where you need to improve because these are the parts that if you probably give just a little bit of attention to, your language is gonna, your language levels are gonna really skyrocket. So I would reassess your grammar, reassess your pronunciation, reassess your vocabulary, think about your weaknesses, and then actively try and work on them. If you need a teacher, find a teacher on italki. There's plenty of tutors out there for English, but go out of your way to try and find the areas that you are weak in in English and work on them so they're no longer a weakness, right? Make those holes smaller and smaller and smaller until 
they're gone, okay? So that would be my biggest message. I hope this video has helped. I've kind of ranted for a bit. Um, it was kind of impromptu. I just sort of felt spontaneously interested in doing this. Let me know what you think in a comment below. I always love to hear your thoughts. I'm not perfect. Um, these are just my opinions, but yeah, I'd love to chat with you in the comments below. Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. See you soon. Peace.